Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. A busy week in college basketball, both in the MAC and in the national landscape. So let's get right to it. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Let's do it. So the big news across the MAC for the past weekend, we were wrong. Iona has a conference loss. <laughs> okay, to be fair, to be fair, we did say, we did say we didn't think they could do it. We did Perfect. say that. We However, did say they weren't going 20-0. Yeah. We did say that. Right. We did not say, we, we didn't think it would happen to Niagara. No. We did say. Yeah, because we thought it would happen like next weekend, <laughs> like this, this coming weekend. Yeah. Or early next week, we'll call it, because they had – Sienna Monmouth, St. Peter's. They lose to Niagara up at the Gallagher Center, 80 to 71. Um, it, it seemed like I didn't watch the game because I was at uh, the Griffs game against Manhattan, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But it was it was Marcus Hammond, 26 points, 10 of 16 shooting, hit a couple threes, mm-hmm. and it seemed just Iona didn't have the best defensive night. No, not at all. It was really like, from what I could tell, um, it was a pretty even game, pretty much through to like ten minutes or so to play, and then I think it was a, oh man, I can't remember what the exact number is. I want to say like a ten to two run or something, something like that, that from Niagara right. that kind there. of broke, like a twelve to two, ten to two, something like that. That kind of broke things open over from like the ten minute to the five minute mark in the second half. Um, that gave Niagara some separation, and they were able to just about cling to uh, cling to the lead and hold on. So, I mean, that's and, and to your point, Marcus Hammond was just phenomenal, right? And it got to a point in the in the last, I want to say about two minutes, where Iona made it a game again. They crept to within three or four or something like that, and uh, it ended up being a nine point final, eighty to seventy one. I'm sure that was just some free throws at the end. Um. But, yeah, it was a fight by Iona. This game was – it seemed like a total dog fight. Um, and in the end, Niagara gets it. We kind of – and we had said Iona's going to lose a game at some point, but we didn't think it would be to Niagara. And I, and I tell you what, it comes to – it says a lot about how difficult this Western New York trip is mm-hmm. for teams to make. No, that is and true. And it's tough to come out that here and win both games. That is true. Because, I mean, that's, number one, long trip. Number two, right. you're on the road both days. Number three, like. It's a two-game and three-day situation. Exactly. A two-game in less not, than 48 hours situation. Right. Exactly. Like, it's not, it's, you know, say what you will about the talent on both those teams, but it's not, it's not a very straightforward thing no. <laughs> whatsoever. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I mean that's all the credit in the world to Greg Paulus and Niagara. That is such a right. such a quality win, and I think it really just kind of like, I mean, it doesn't. Now I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I own is finished. No, of course not. They're still the best team in the conference, but no, right. It what it does thinks I what I do what I do think it says is that anybody in this conference can win can beat anybody on any given day. You know right. what I mean? Like and we say that for, and we always say that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think just showing that this almighty, powerful Iona team mm-hmm. kind of showing that they are beatable. You know what I mean? They are right. they they aren't invincible within this conference. Uh, I would have to think that that kind of gives a little bit of a boost to the rest of the teams, mm-hmm. especially heading into March. Um, just showing oh, I that. Think it does. Yeah, I mean, just, I, Iona definitely had a target on their back from the jump. But mm-hmm. now teams are like, oh, someone beat them. Right, exactly. Say we can't either. Right, exactly. And I mean, like, is it's it's certainly still Iona's league to lose, uh, Iona's conference tournament to lose. But right, I think that it definitely makes things a little bit more interesting. You know what I mean? It's it. I don't think it's as clear cut of you know of an Iona's going to run the table. Are they going to run the table? Probably. But there's a good chance. Yes, there's there's a still they are certainly still the betting favorites and all this, but. I do think that it does make things a little bit more interesting 
um, you know, when, when we go to Atlantic City. I, I do think that, you know, say I own a, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think Niagara is really in contention. Um, I mean, they could uh, get Niagara's, the five Niagara's potentially. Six and, Niagara's six and seven. They've won three in a row. Yeah, they could potentially get the five. So, I mean, maybe you see Niagara says Iona in the semifinals in some scenario. Right. I mean, that that would be something that would be interesting. That would be something right. to keep an eye on for sure, considering they were the only one that could knock them off. So, right. and just by a, the way, we're we are uh, officially less than one month out from the conference tournament. That is true. Um, yes. So, and I, and I want to say about Iona's loss, just in general, I don't agree with the people on Twitter that I say, oh, Iona's at-large chances are done. I but know. I saw, I saw. When Iona's at-large chances out the window. I, saw, I, I think Jeff Goodman tweeted something like that. And I was yeah. like, in what, like, how are you going to, if they run the table and say they make it to the conference fi- tournament final and lose, and they finish, I mean. They what? lose to a St. Peter's, a Siena, a Monmouth, especially yeah. if it's in a tight game. Yeah, I don't think you can, without a doubt, throw their chances out no, the window. It definitely hurts it, but it doesn't. It doesn't kill them. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, right. like it, it was, it wasn't, you know, a huge chance to begin with, and obviously the Niagara loss hurts. But mm-hmm. I don't really see how you can officially just, you know, get rid of that. Like they have some damn good wins, and right. their losses, other than Niagara and. I mean, arguably Belmont aren't really right. that terrible. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and and the thing is, and this is something I'll I'll get into in a little bit. The bubble is relatively weak this year. Mm-hmm. It's weaker than in years past. That is true. Because you don't have, you're not going to have as many ACC teams. The Big Twelve is kind of not looking as great. You're probably not going to have as many Big Ten teams. We, and you're gonna. And we're kind of losing schools along the way in uh, some of those other conferences that we're maybe going to have three, four bids. And one of them, uh, like I just teased, I'll get to in a few minutes uh, later on in the show. But, yeah, it definitely doesn't kill Iona's at-large chances. Mm -hmm. I don't think it does. I I disagree with the people that are saying that they do. Yeah. No, I'm I'm in in complete agreement there. I think that they certainly are still in the conversation, albeit maybe on the outside looking in now, but – Right. I, I do think that like they are still there. And right. if, as, as you said, with the bubble being weaker, say some teams start losing, um, other teams don't take advantage. Iona might be there. You know what right. I mean? Say they lose, like you said, say they lose to St. Peter's in the Mac finals. Who knows? They, they might be there come selection Sunday. So that's right. certainly something to keep an eye on. And, right. you know, I, uh, I am curious to see how they respond to that. You know, I mean, you have, you're coming off a loss and you're entering, entering arguably your toughest stretch of the season Yes, or your toughest uh, conference stretch of the season. So I'm very curious to see if they can kind of respond to that, because Mm -hmm. as we said, at Siena, home against Monmouth at St. Peter's three games in five days. Right. um, That's a tough stretch. You know, that, that is a definitely a tough stretch and I'm curious if if they go into these games still playing a bit of a lull, maybe not locked in defensively as they were against Niagara. I mean, they they're, they're going to have seven. They're going to have four days to prepare for Sienna. So I mm-hmm. think Sienna's going to get it from Iona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coming one would one. have to think, right? Yeah, one would the have other, to think. The other two games, I'm not too sure about, but I th- I definitely think they win that Sienna game. Yeah. I would assume so, but I am I am definitely curious about the Monmouth St. Peter's games. Those those yes. should be very good games. Um because yes. I mean I own it or excuse me, Monmouth took them to overtime earlier in the season and St. Peter's right. is a damn talented team. So and that, and that Monmouth and that Monmouth game was obviously the closest they had gotten to a loss in conference season. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh, right. Before Niagara, that was indeed like their one true scare, pretty much. Right. Um, so yeah, so it did so should, be, should be interesting. Yeah. So semi moving on. The Griffs actually played Iona pretty close on Friday. That game was much closer than I thought it was going to be, 70 to 62. Um, but then the Griffs get we'll call it a much needed win on yeah. Sunday against Manhattan. 
coming off a four-game losing streak. They can't, they come into that game, uh, win at 77 to 70. Um, Jordan Henderson played well. Very efficient night from Xavier Wong. Um, Armand Harid finally played well. I think he's, or, or at least shot well. Um, I think he might be finally starting to find his shot more effective. Um, Malik Green played well off the bench. He shot four or six, nine points. Um, but the main story from this game was not the Canisius win. It was the post-game fight. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah, that was, I mean, you were there. You saw it firsthand. I just saw it like a highlight. Right, so you know I was, I mean? where, where I sit is basically directly across from the Canisius bench. So, and if you've never been to the Kessler Athletic Center, if anyone's listening, um, the tunnel, both teams go in and out the same hallway tunnel. So like, you know, handshakes and everybody's going to the same place. Um, and then, so this is, so we're saying this is like directly to my left. Um, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, I see like, ho- like I see Malik Green, like going crazy, being held back by like six guys on Kenesha. Scott Hitchin was in the middle of it. Jose Perez for Mont- for not Mont- for Manhattan was in the middle of it. It was a weird scene for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Seemed that way. I mean, like just, just no watching shortage the, of yeah, just watching the video of it. I mean, it yeah, you know, it didn't escalate into anything too crazy, but no, there, there weren't any punches or anything. Yeah, but that I, I that was definitely uh, that did happen. That was definitely something that happen. occurred. This league loves its uh, handshake, <laughs> post game handshake fun. Yeah, clearly, clearly, <laughs> that's always been a thing. I remember that. That's always. Been a thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean that's uh, just that Manhattan win though. That's that is a big one for the Griffs because yes. I mean, as we have mentioned on this podcast before, they might be the streakiest team in the friggin' country. I mean, yeah. four game losing streak. This this I mean I think I said it last week, but I'll just say it again because why not? This is their season. Four game losing streak, two game winning streak, five game losing streak, three game winning streak, three game losing streak, two game winning streak, four game losing streak, and now the win against Manhattan. So yeah. if, if you are if, a gambling man, if you go by trends, they would they probably beat Marist. But here's that the is, thing though, They're, they haven't won a single road game all season. The oh, whole that. that's true. Damn. Something's gotta <laughs> give, Aiden. Something's gotta give. That's crazy. They have that not won a single road game this year. And yes. the next two are both on. This is a team that only has three home games left, which is weird to think about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Something does have to give there. Either yeah. they they win a road game or their um their streakiness comes yeah. to an end. Yes. Damn. So- don't know what to say there. Don't know what to <laughs> something, say. Something to watch. Keys to the game. Yes. <laughs> uh, that game is uh, that game is on a Saturday. It's a rare Mac Saturday game because of Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we got in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Speaking of, oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. It's weird. the Super Bowl is like four days from now. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't. I, kind of, I didn't think about it. Yeah, I did not think about that either. That is that that is interesting. I did not realize that at all. Yeah. Nice. What's today? Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, Super Bowls in four days. <laughs> Great, man. Ali. I love Joe Burrow. Go Bengals. Yes, I'm. I'm with. I'm you, not going to be upset if the Rams win. No, I was about to say I'm. I'd be. I'd be perfectly fine with either team. Like yeah. I, I've. I've never. You know, I've always been a. A, a supporter of Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford, yes. and Joe Burrow is that friggin' guy. So, and and I've always, I've always, you know me, I've always been a Brady hater. Of course, so, that is true. Yes, I can't blame as, you. As you have as well. Yes, so. yes. also, also true. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, my god. Okay, so we're both going. We're both going Bengals. Hell yeah, I'm down for that. Um. So going going back to basketball. Speaking of. Uh, of Marist their past two wins have been against Monmouth and they've both been blowouts they beat him by 25 last night on the road 
and they had beat them on January 16th a couple weeks ago by 26 at home. And that's two of their four MAC wins this year, which is crazy. That's and it's so their past weird. Two. They beat Monmouth by 26. They go on a five-game losing streak. They beat Monmouth by 25. That's so, like, I don't – that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I can't even explain that. That makes no, no sense. It's And it's not like they were close wins either. They were both blowouts. <laughs> like, I don't even know if there's, like, a matchup thing there. Like, I can't say I watched either game, but no. – I, I, I don't even know how to explain that other than this conference is just weird like that sometimes. Yeah. I, that's, I, I mean, I, I credit to Maris, but that's just weird. Because yeah. their other two Mac ones, they beat Fairfield by nine and they beat Ryder by 12. And that, that's it. I was to say, which aren't like out of the ordinary. Right. And then they just smoke Monmouth two times. Twice. Not yeah. once, but twice. Yeah. Well, I guess Monmouth, <laughs> if Monmouth wants a shot at winning the tournament, they do not want to see Maris in the second round, is, no. is what I'm is what I'm kind of getting. That, that's here. what that's what I'm getting here. <laughs> and uh Maris is lined up to, I think, be the 10 seed. Yeah. We'll, we'll There's a bit of a shocker, bit of a traffic jam towards the middle bottom of the max standings. Yeah. Run. Um so like Fairfield's four, this is uh Let's see, what is this? Seven through eleven, I believe. So Riders five and seven. Fairfield is four and seven. Manhattan's four and eight. Maris is four and nine. Canisius is four and nine. So yeah. those seeds could well and truly be shuffled any which way over the okay, final so Mar- five. Maris just lined Maris just lined up to, to be the eleven with our old tiebreaker friend Jaden Daly. Jaden. Um so Maris is lined up to be the eleven seed. Canisius is lined up to be the ten. And it would be a rematch against Ryder. Griff's wow. Ryder in Atlantic City for the second year Dang. in a row. That's what it would be if the season ended today. The redemption arc. Yes. <laughs> Only to lose in the second round, but the redemption arc. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, right now we're looking at, in order, Iona, St. Peter, Siena, Monmouth, Niagara, Quinnipiac, Ryder, Fairfield, Manhattan, Canisius, Marist. So Niagara would get the last buy then over. So Niagara PM. has the last buy right now. Mm. Dang. They, now that's crazy. I mean, they if, my, if Niagara game. if Niagara does get that buy, like that win over Iona is so turns out to be so pivotal potentially. Yes. Because like I mean and that was because, a game, and it's because of Niagara's win against Monmouth. Right. And or Niagara's too. win against Iona. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, and I mean that because is like. That- that you know what I mean, and that was like, seriously. I mean, last week that was just a game we just wrote off as Iona was going to r- wipe the floor with them, and right they pull that out. Like that is such a huge win for them, and right. like their potential seedings. That is, it, I, it right. is just not only an impressive win, but a very, very, very important win for them as a program yeah. heading into the tournament. Has Quinnipiac played? Okay, Quinnipiac has one left against Iona. Quinnipiac has only played Mon or. Quinnipiac has only played Iona once. Hmm. Quinnipiac and Niagara split. So you would think that ends up if Niagara and Quinnipiac end up tied for the five, it's going to be Niagara because of that Iona win. Right. Yeah. No, that that would make sense. Yeah. You'd you'd imagine that it would be. And it helps – that helps Canisius in that regard because Canisius has – a win against St. Peter's. That is also true. And all, but also, Canisius and Maris have not faced each other this season yet. They play each other twice before mm-hmm. the end of the season. There's seven games left, and two of them are against Maris. Right. And I mean, they you can look at that else once. Right. And I mean, you can look at that if you're Canisius or Maris as a fair opportunity to kind of catapult yourself up the standings, up the seedings a little bit because, right. I mean, you're both looking at each other as two pretty lowly competitors or two, right. you know, lonely out or lowly opposition. So, right. Um, I think, you know, there's potential there for either of them to take advantage of those games, but you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Man, and, you man, know, I, I mean, there's always that, that, that yeah, man, I just don't want that Tuesday, 10 PM tip. That would suck. Oh <laughs> yeah. That would be <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I forgot about that. The dreaded yeah. Tuesday, 10 PM tip. Yeah. Which I don't know why the hell the Mac does that, but 
I don't even think it's a standalone game either. We can't even tweet John Rossi and be like, Canisius Ryder standalone game. Yeah. That's always the six versus the 11. Because the seven versus 10 is the second game. Mm -hmm. Which is usually like a 7.30. Yeah. Which is fine. A 7.30 is fine. 10 p.m., not so much. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Um, Oh, my God. Anyway, Niagara's on a three-game winning streak, as is Ryder. So, shout out both of them. Damn. Um, yeah. So, anyway, we can move into national unless you had anything else on the uh, Mac docket. I don't believe I did. Quinnipiac is, is beating Fairfield right now. It's uh, 36 to 29 at the half. Hmm. So, okay, well, that just potentially drops that's Fairfield. The only... Yeah, it drops Fairfield further into the blender of – the bottom right. of the next standings potentially. So that would that would drop that would move Quinnipiac up. Yeah, temporarily into the five. Temporarily, yeah, because they'll have they'll have a game up on them. Um and Fairfield is currently is the eight. This would drop them because what what have they done against Manhattan? Manhattan, wait. Manhattan and Fairfield haven't played each other this year. So there you go. Mm. Anyway, um, the big news is, or the big result from last night, Arkansas upsets number one Auburn. Number one falls. Eric Musselman took his shirt off. (laughs) He should not have taken his shirt off, but he did. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know. Did you – um? Did you catch the logo three like early in the first half? I can't remember from Arkansas who um, hit it. You know what I'm talking about? Did you catch that? I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I'd have to try and. See I for some like this game but... wasn't really on my radar at all until like it was over. Yeah. Over for <laughs> yeah, no, reason. that's understandable. That's understandable. But yeah, I, I saw somebody a highlight on Twitter of somebody from Arkansas just draining a logo three and it was like probably one of the loudest crowds i'd heard like yeah all year i think it was jd note i'm pretty sure it was um, probably jd note yeah he just pulled up from the parking lot and just drilled it and yeah. the entire place just went insane but that's i will tell you what man this ain't like last year where we had like your baylor and gonzaga and you're like locking right. a national championship right there is like there is not a number one team, man. Like, right. I, I, I am not convinced of anybody being a number one team no. right now. I mean, I was pretty convinced of Auburn, but they've been shaky. You know what I mean? They they've looked shaky. shaky against some pretty – They have some matchup issues. I mean, they just beat Georgia by two. Yeah. They beat Missouri by one. Yeah, they, this this team, I think, does have some matchup issues. Mm-hmm. So, you have a chance to get right on Saturday. You play Texas A&M, who's not great. But the thing I want to talk about is how this affects Arkansas. Because it doesn't seem like it. Like, if you look at their record, they're 19-5 and now. But this is a bubble team. And this is is a needle mover for them. Because they had – because they didn't – they don't have a strong non-conference schedule looking at it right now. And then they had that stretch where they lost five of six, and five, and those five losses were Oklahoma, Hofstra, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M. None yeah. of those are like acceptable losses mm. if you're Arkansas. Like not one. That is true. Arkansas should be close to undefeated right now, you know. Mm-hmm. But because of those losses, it's. I, I think this is. Like I said, this is a needle mover for them. It does help them absolutely. Um, but Arkansas, yeah, they've been probably one of the more disappointing teams in the country this year. And this is something that's huge for them, this win. Mm-hmm. So just my thoughts on that. Um, next big result, Purdue and Illinois. Purdue blows them out. 84 to 68. Jay, this I did watch this game. Uh Jaden Ivy was unbelievable. Yeah. 26 points, 10 of 17 from the field. 
Purdue shot 50% for the night, 40% from three. This is a team that has a case to be the best team in the country. I If Jaden uh, Ivey continues yeah. to play the way he did last night, Purdue is a Final Four team. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of that. I certainly tend to agree with you there, sir. Yeah. I um I mean, I'm assuming Gonzaga would probably get the get the one, but I hope Purdue gets a decent amount of votes because they certainly I think they deserve it. it. They certainly deserve it. I mean, I I mean you can make the case that they do deserve to be number one this this coming right. Sunday, but I, I would just assume that they bump Gonzaga up. But I mean right. that was a damn good win against an Illinois team that's been playing really well recently. So right. I mean and as you said, Jaden Ivey is just that dude, man. That dude is the truth. So you get him, you know, you get him to keep firing on all cylinders. You've got a fairly, I mean, you got right. Michigan State at Michigan State at Wisconsin, uh, the February 26th, March 1st. Those are probably your two toughest games left on the on the year. Right. But other than that, at Michigan, Maryland, at Northwestern, Rutgers, and Indiana, other than Michigan State and Wisconsin, those should be right. winnable games, and, I would have to think. And I have to observe about this game. This was a game where Purdue did blew them out in the second half, and that's what it came down to. Yeah. It, Illinois had a two-point lead at the half in this game, and they ended up losing by 16. Yeah. And I think – Purdue may have finally figured out, and Matt Painter may have finally figured out, we just have to get the ball into Jaden Ivey's hands, mm-hmm. and he's going to do his thing. I think maybe they finally figured that out last night. Yep. That is that is the truth. That is that is indeed the truth. Because they, they've struggled against some teams. They've, they've won games, but they've struggled against some of them. They only beat Michigan by six, and Michigan is what, fine? They only beat Ohio State by three. You beat Iowa by ten. They beat, they beat Illinois the first time around by eight. So now Purdue sweeps Illinois for the season, which I remember that was that crazy double overtime game on Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. And Jaden Ivey had 19 points in that game, but he only shot three of 10. So he just, it, it was a ton of free throws he did it on. And he didn't hit a single three in that game, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just one of those deals where they decided let's get the ball into his hands more than they had been in past games. And it showed up. This was probably their most impressive win of the season. I'd go with. Yeah. I would have to agree with you. Just on that opponent one. wise and how much they did well wise. Yeah. Granted they had those great wins against UNC and Villanova back in November. But, I mean, so obviously maybe there's a little bit of recency bias on my end there. But I remember those being good wins, but I feel like this one might be a little better. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought to, on that. Another result from last night that we'll talk about, and then there's there's some results in the next couple of days that I want to get into, but there, there's a news item that I want to talk about. Um, just a bad look for a certain conference. Um, I don't know if you know where I'm going there. But uh, the U- UIC? Yeah, UIC. Let, let's talk about that real quick. So there's this growing trend in, in college basketball and just college sports in general right now of teams leaving their league and the, that are going to do it at the end of the year, and the league bans them from playing in conference tournaments. It happened with the Colonial James Madison, uh, the American East of Stony Brook, and now in the Horizon League with UIC. So it's a growing trend. I think it's a stupid growing trend, first of all. Um, and UIC is what? They're not, they're not having a great year. I mean, odds are they weren't going to get the auto bid from that league. There's a ton of good teams in the Horizon League. Cleveland State is fantastic. Uh, if you remember, they beat the Griffs back in November. I went down to Cleveland for that game. Uh, you have Oakland, who's good. You have Wright State, who's good. Uh, Northern Kentucky, school at Youngstown State. UIC is only four and eight in the league. Um, but the news broke that UIC was going to leave the league, I believe, for the Missouri Valley, um, if I'm remembering correctly. So then this happened where the UIC, where the Horizon League banned UIC from competing in conference tournaments, which I think is stupid. But then even worse um, is UIC 
or not UIC, the Horizon League's Twitter account blocked a number of national media on Twitter. The Horizon League's like official Twitter account. That's a really bad look, IMO. I did not even know about the blocking thing. That's yes. that's bad. Yeah. That is really bad. Yeah. Jeez. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, a, like a number of national writers were blocked by the Horizon League's official Twitter account. That's in the dumb, wake man. of this. That's just so dumb. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I really just think that, like, from a, from a competitive standpoint, right? Not you know, not even from a competitive standpoint. Just from a, you know, these are college athletes. Right. You know, at a smaller school, just playing. Right. They're not right. they're not going to win the national championship. Their whole deal is their their national championship is making the tournament, winning your conference right. tournament. Right. Right. So. Even though they're not the best team, that is so criminal to yes. just prevent them from pl- like let them play. Like, are you really going to be that petty over right. a school leaving your conference? Like you're, and, you're really going to be that petty over that to where you're going to screw these kids, screw especially the seniors that aren't going to get to play in a conference tournament in their final year and who got screwed right. out of it because of COVID most likely and didn't really get to do it last year in front of fans. So right. like that is just so – They get screwed out of terrible. three years. Out of three of their four years in college, years. they get screwed out of for a real conference tournament. Three Legit. out of their four years. Legit. That's just, Like right. to me, that is just so – petty and just stupid it's 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 so stupid and i didn't even know about the whole twitter account blocking the media thing which is a which is an awful look for the horizon yes exactly i mean they they dug themselves into a hole just not letting uic play which is is dumb in itself and then to double down on that and just block anybody that disagrees with you and calls you out on that that is like that is just really a bad look right. for a supposed professional conference organization, whatever right. you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's, and we're, it's in, really we're in the age we're in the age and I've written articles about this. We're in the age of student athlete empowerment, right? I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody disagrees with that student athletes are, have more rights right now than they have ever had. And that comes down to NIL that comes down to social media that comes to them comes down to them having a say at the NCAA headquarters in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You can't disagree with that. And so we, we we're in that age right now. And two, so, so, I mean, you got, you got to give the, the student athletes more power and allow them to compete in these conference tournaments, which like you said, this is their national championship. If like, if UIC when, if a school like UIC goes to the NCAA tournament, like that's winning the national championship for them because nobody out of the Horizon League is winning the national championship. We know that. Nobody. So that's my point there. And two, I wrote a column about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm sure you remember it. Is a lot of leagues act like conference realignment is this terrible thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's greener pastures for schools. UIC is going to be making more money in the Missouri Valley than they have in the Horizon League. That's just a fact, right? Yes. So obviously you're going where the money is. And we're in a situation where we're on the back end of a pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, and schools are going on two years of little to no athletic revenue because you had essentially for most leagues two seasons of sports that were canceled and then another where you didn't have fans or very limited numbers of fans aka less money so you're going to do anything you can to recoup that money and if that involves changing leagues that's what you got to do yeah (laughs) i mean you're not wrong and a lot of times it's greener pastures for the league too because they're able to gain other members that will benefit i don't think the horizon league has added anybody in the past few days not that i know of 
Um, but yeah, the Missouri, and, and we're in a, it, this is similar to 2013. I mean, remember all, remember all that the conference realignment that happened in 2013. We're in a similar situation right now here in 2022. Things are changing in college sports. We know things are changing in college sports. It's time for the administrators and the powers that be within the dub, within the NCAA, within these conferences, within these schools, it's time for them to embrace it. And right now they're not, and this is a perfect example of it. Yeah. Thus ends my rant. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause. Great rant. Great yes. rant. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with your point. I mean, you can't, you cannot fault any school. I mean, it, it, it's it's on par with a D2 school moving up to D1. It is. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same it thing. You wouldn't see this type of backlash for a D2 school leaving for a D1 to, or a, a D2 no. school and leaving D2 to go to D1. schools move up to D1, one, for that competitive advantage. They think they're good at, at Division Two. They want to move up to Division One, And then also, every all 358 Division One basketball schools get a cut of NCAA tournament revenue. All one hundred, all three hundred and fifty-eight of them. Every single one gets mm-hmm. cut. What school wouldn't want that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no reason. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't see how like seeing schools make the leap from D two to D one is like, oh, that's awesome. And seeing a school like UIC make a make a smaller jump from the horizon to the Missouri Valley is like, nah, man, nah. Like, right? No, nah, we you you can't do that. We don't, we don't want you to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's to me, it's the same thing. It's fair. I mean, maybe not the same thing, but it's damn close to being the same right. thing. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't really see why one is cool and awesome. And another, some people view as problematic. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's very similar. The reasonings right. for doing both are similar, right? I mean, you got to be competitive money. Like it's, I don't know. And look at this too. And I, I tweeted about this. I tweeted this kind of like an, oh my God, like I can't believe this is happening type of thing. In the same exact league, you have IUPUI, who I believe, I would imagine, uh, I'm, I'm going to check to make sure, but I'm like 99% sure of this. <laughs> yes. You have IUPUI, who is 0-12 in the league. They're 1-19 overall. And did you see what their Twitter account sent out the other day? No, what? and their only win and their only win is against a non-division one school called Spalding. I don't even know if they're I don't know if they're division two or division three. I have no idea. Let's look it up. <laughs> Spalding. Spalding College. I'm gonna go Spalding College. <laughs> um they are division three. Nice. And their only win is against a division three school. Their Twitter account, the team's Twitter account on Monday sent out a notice just like, hey, any IUPUI students want to play for the basketball team? Pop on in. But then you're but then you have this team who's trying to have the be competitive, be like, oh no, you can't play. But you're gonna let this team play who's just like yeah, right? pulling random students from campus yeah, to play. Seriously. Seriously, that's a great that's another that's a great point too. Right. I mean, like and this is the same league. Yeah. True. Very They're true. Number- IUPUI is number 358 in Ken Palm. That is AKA dead last. <laughs> Their only way is against a division three school. They haven't won a game since November. Yeah, that's not <laughs> like, great. That's not great. Right. And, and Ken Palm gives them a 45% chance to have a winless record in league play. Which like realistically, if they're pulling random kids from philosophy class, that's like 90%. It's the same league. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So talk about a double standard, man. Jesus Christ. Right. It's, it's a ridiculous double standard. So anyway, that's my thought. Not Matt. (laughs) Um, we'll move on. We'll move on after that, after my rant. RIP forbid West Coast Conference. San Francisco falls to Portland 
Portland was an 18 and a half point underdog. Portland wins that game 69 to 68 in San Francisco. So yeah. RIP for Midwest coast. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fun. It was fun yeah. while it lasted. Yeah. I will that's, say that's though, too much of a bad, that's too much of a bad loss for yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. I, about say, I don't think they can recover from that. However, however, Santa Clara is very playing nice their way game. onto the bubble. Very nice win against St. Mary's last night. Yes. Very nice win. 77-72 at home. Right. I mean, that's that's an important that's win. That's a good – that's an important – yeah, that's a good word for it. That is an important win for Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's that's one of those – I mean, they got they got at Gonzaga on the 19th of February. So, that's really – Santa Clara has three league losses. Mm-hmm. Those losses have been Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco. Which to me, they, they don't. Excusable. They don't have a single bad league loss. No, excusable to me. Right, all three of them. Yeah, I mean, when you get into the non-conference, that's where you get a little. That's iffy. where things get a little shaky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but Fresno let's State. Say, let's say I was going to say, let's say they win out. They're not going to win out. Yeah, they no. still have to play at Gonzaga, so they're not winning out. Um, but if that's say that's their only loss for the rest of the season and they can at least win one or two games during the conference tournament, Santa Clara might be in good shape. Yeah, that's true. They, they And as you said, with a weak bubble, who the hell knows, you know? Right. And I mean – And that's the thing. Like, that's what it comes down to. This bubble this year is weak. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. I mean, it's really just going to come down to, like, I mean, Fresno State, eh. UC Irvine, not great. Cal, pretty bad. Boise State, yeah. eh. Louisiana Tech, good. yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Boys, that's, that's you know, that's an and loss. Louisiana Tech, not great, I don't believe. I don't think. <laughs> I don't really know yeah, much I about Louisiana have... Tech's basketball uh, program. But... Louisiana Tech is, is acceptable. Okay. Number two, I say Louisiana Tech is 17 and six. That's an acceptable loss. All right. There you go. Well, we'll we'll, we'll uh. Jury is certainly still out on them, but I did. Yeah. I just, I did just want to mention the fact that they they pulled out a heck of a win uh, against yes. St. Mary's last night. So, you know, and we'll see. We, we'll see where they end up. Right. And since we brought out the Mountain West, shout out Wyoming. I watched one of their games the other night. Uh, I watched the what game did I watch? I watched the Colorado State game like two weeks ago, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, for, I think I just forgot to mention that game last weekend <laughs> or last week, but uh, Wyoming is 20 and three. Uh, they've won five in a row. They're nine and one in league play. Ob- obviously uh, shout out Josh Allen. Yes. Yeah. And so them and Boise state are tied at the top of that conference. They're nine and one. That is, that's a mountain West that will get three bids, maybe four. Yeah, I was about to say I this I did just want to bring that up. Um, this is this is Joe Lenardi's bracketology. This is from the eighth at seven a.m. So this is from yesterday morning. This does not include okay. Auburn's loss, but San Diego State was his last team in. Okay, because uh, I was going to say San Diego morning. State right now is like the quintessential bubble team. Mm-hmm. Yes, so they are they are the last team in the tournament according to Joe Lenardi right now. Yeah. I guess I can just run through that. Since, since I yeah. have it up, but yeah, his last four buys are Oregon, Notre Dame, Miami, and Oklahoma. His last four in Two are ACC teams. yes, his last four in are BYU, North Carolina, Florida, and San Diego State. His first four out are Creighton, Mississippi State, Washington State, and UAB. And his next four out are Belmont, Memphis, St. Louis, and Utah State. Yeah, so. Speaking of UAB, I saw a tweet about this. I saw a tweet about them um, a couple days ago. They've moved up since this tweet. I want you to guess where UAB is in Ken Palm. Um, I don't know. Maybe how about 71st? No, you're not particularly close. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly close, high or low. <laughs> They're higher than that. Really? Yeah. Um, 42nd. No. Uh, you were closer there. I'll, I'll tell you. They're 36. Really? UAB is 36th in Ken Palm. 
Really? Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going for shockingly low or shockingly high. No. So I was definitely off on that That's, one. That's yeah. UAB is higher in Ken Palm than Providence, who's number eleven in the country. Providence is forty-two. We'll say UNC is forty-four. BYU is forty-six. Florida is fifty. Um, I'm trying to find some other bubble teams. Santa Clara is sixty-four. Notre Dame is sixty-five. Wow. Miami is sixty-nine. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because Notre Dame is Notre Dame is one of his last four buys, and UAB is in the first four out, and yeah. UAB is almost thirty spots ahead of them in Ken Palm. That is yeah. interesting. Miami is sixty-nine. Miami's even lower than Notre Dame. Wow, that's crazy. So that is crazy. for comparison, Iona currently sits at seventy-four. Wow. Um, yeah, Creighton is seventy-seven. Damn. There's something to be said. I think UAB should get it. Like, UAB, if they get in, they're, like, an 11 seed that should be, like, a 6. Yeah, no kidding. It should be, like, on the other side of that matchup. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. That is genuinely crazy to me. I mean – It's crazy to me that they're higher than Providence. Providence is number 11 in the country, which, by the way, shout out to Friars. Um, 20 and two, they haven't had the inexplicable home loss yet. Um, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> they only have how many? I think they only have four home games left oh, DePaul, man. Villanova, Xavier, Creighton. That's their, that's their four home games that are left. Then they got mm-hmm. Butler on the road and Villanova on the road. I think that I think a, a reason of why they're as low as they are is because they haven't played Villanova yet. I think that's the reason. Yeah, that that, that could be. That could also right. be. And their two losses were Virginia and Marquette. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they split Marquette. Um, they, they, they swept Seton Hall. Did they sweep they, – did they sweep UConn? Or are they only playing UConn once? Only playing UConn once, but they did win. Uh, swept St. John's, which doesn't really mean anything. Beat <laughs> Texas Tech earlier in the season. Beat Wisconsin earlier in the year. I mean, this is probably a, a team that is lower in Ken Palm than it probably should be. Uh, but this is that's still a dangerous team. So shout out Providence, shout out Ed Cooley. Uh, don't think he's going to get the Maryland job. I know his name has been thrown around. Personally, I'd be surprised if he gets it. But yeah, I feel um, like he's got a fairly good thing going at Providence. I would be surprised right. if I think so. he left so, that. Right. Uh, while we're running through shout out, shout out Murray State. Uh, first time being ranked since 2015. I was surprised by that because I figured they were really they for, weren't they weren't yeah. ranked when Ja was there. That's what I was about to get to. They were never ranked when Ja was there. Wow, that's crazy. First time being ranked since 2015. I believe this is their highest rank. They're 23 in the country right now. I believe this is their highest ranking since 2012. Wow. But yeah, that's They're 23 surprising. in the country right now. That is so. I could have sworn. I mean, I think it's probably just because they won the, that. Did they make the Sweet 16? With Jaw? Second round. Second, Second round. round. Okay. I was about to say, I knew they upset Marquette, I think it was, in the first yes, round. Yes, they did. I was at that game. Were you really? Oh, was that in Albany? It was in Hartford. Oh, Hartford. Okay. I was at, yes. I was. That was an electric game. I can imagine um, so. That, Murray that's... State, Murray State that year, uh, they had four regular season losses. So regular season, I'll include conference tournament. Regular season and conference tournament, they were 27 and four. They finished the season at 28 and five, if you including the two NCAA tournament games. Uh, regular season, not including conference tournament, they went 16 and two. And they finished tied for the conference league. Belmont got the one seed um, that year. And I want to say, was that a two bit Ohio Valley? Well, when Murray State made it with Ja? Yeah. I think that was a two-bit Ohio Valley. Um, 
Yeah, it was because Belmont and Murray State made it. Mm. Belmont Belmont played in uh, played in Dayton. Got you. Yeah, because okay, Murray State got the auto bid. So Belmont was yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. Murray State got the auto bid. They were a 12 seed. Belmont got in that large. They were an 11 seed. They played in Dayton. Okay. And they won in Dayton. Yeah, because that was when Rick Bird retired. And then they almost beat Maryland, I remember. Mm-hmm. They, they they lost to Maryland by two in, in the first round. So, right. Okay. That right, there's a sense. connection there. Can I also so say that, this is a not to not to completely get off your your train of thought, but I was just browsing through the standings here, and I wanted to bring up something that we mentioned last week. Okay. Oklahoma is currently one of the last four buys, according to Joel Inardi. Okay. They're also three and seven in conference play. Yeah. Three and seven. No, because I was going to mention another team in the Big Twelve that is fading like hell. Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah, that holy sheesh. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they've lost. They've lost seven of their last eight. And, and that's the other thing too, West man. Virginia, who stinks. West Virginia stinks. Yeah, that I. Mm. And I'm not gonna lie to you. They don't really have that many good wins. Like, am I no. looking at this correctly? They beat Florida, okay. Arkansas, sure. And that was when Florida, when we thought Florida was good, and, and that, that was when Arkansas we thought when we thought Arkansas. Yeah, was good. exactly. They and beat they Iowa the... State. Who Iowa State's not? Iowa State's not even ranked anymore. Yeah. They've lost. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Is that twelve? One, two, three, four. Iowa State's down to a nine seed for Lenardi. 10, 11, 12. They've lost eight of their past 12. Damn. Iowa State has. That's crazy. So like Oklahoma, and I was going to bring up Iowa State. Iowa State is fading. Fading fast. Yeah. Yeah, they got to so figure something out, man. Because not great. No. And now we're looking <laughs> at, like, I wonder where is Iowa State in all of this? In uh, in oh, they're they're a nine seed right now. If that's what you're seed? asking, I, I could see them. I could see them not making it. Yeah, yeah. Joel and Artie's got they, them they playing Boise State. They have opportunity. Iowa State has opportunities for wins. They have a lot of opportunities for wins by the end of the year. Iowa State plays Oklahoma, uh, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after. That's a huge bubble game. Mm-hmm. Huge bubble game. So, okay. I'm interested. How many Big 12? He has seven Big 12 teams still. One, three, four. I can't believe he has seven Big 12 teams still. Yeah. So that's what? We look through it. Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas. Is TCU in here somewhere? Yeah, I think they were. Um, yeah, he's got them at a, as a nine in the, okay. in the East. So TCU is your fifth. And then Oklahoma and Iowa State. Correct. I don't – I almost think, like – I almost think that, like, Kansas State is more deserving. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like Kansas State – Are we biasing Iowa State start? Because they didn't lose a game until New Year's Day? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think Kansas State's been playing better – basketball i mean like kansas state got some good wins yeah they do they beat texas beat texas tech only lost to kansas by three right like they i feel like they're just playing better basketball right now than they are too and by the way they're playing baylor right now they're up three with 10 minutes to play in the first half so they very well could add to that resume tonight right i i doubt it yeah (laughs) i i I doubt Um, it too but yeah who knows yeah. So another result. We, we're almost getting to all the stuff yeah. that I wanted to get. Oh, by the way, may I also say uh, Rutgers, Rutgers watch against Ohio State. They're they're within one with 10 minutes to play, 11 Rutgers minutes. Had a ni- Rutgers had a nice win on Saturday against Michigan State that wasn't even on my radar. They won that game by 21. Damn. 
wasn't even on my radar. I was covering some high school wrestling on Saturday. So oh yeah, I remember. You, yeah, you were doing that. I saw yeah, that. I was. It was not. It it was fine. <laughs> I, I don't really know wrestling all too well. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I've I've done yeah. one meet before, and I was just like, yeah, okay, that guy won. That guy also. I'm doing. Won. I'm doing a second this Saturday. So. Oh man, good luck, soldier. Yeah. I gotta go up to. Uh, I gotta go up to Lockport. Hey, yes, you're up in my neck of the woods. State state qualifiers at Starpoint oh, yeah. High School. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, that that Rutgers win wasn't even on my radar. Anyway, um, another Big Twelve result. Texas got their signature win against Kansas. I watched that game. That was on. That was Monday. a good game. Yeah, that was a good game. And Texas Texas Tech needed that signature win. They didn't have it up until Monday. Mm-hmm. That is true. They were a team that was, I think we talked about them last week, that was really starting to fade. I mean, not fade, fade, but, you know, just kind of underperform not play as well. a little bit. Yeah, not play as well as we thought they were going yeah. to. Yeah, so they that was that was a definite, they, they needed that one. At home, yes. that, was, that was a big one for sure. Yeah. So that, uh, that definitely uh, yeah, helps their chances. Uh, seating yeah, it, was, wise. it was Jared Allen. It was Jared Allen. Not Jared Allen. Timmy Allen. <laughs> That was huge um, for Texas. 11 to 17, 24 points. Um, Courtney Ramey played really well. It didn't show up on the stat sheet, but he played. Yeah, really no, I, well. that is true. That is yeah. true. I feel like you heard his name more than almost anybody, even though he right. didn't necessarily put up crazy numbers. No. It felt like he. Like the numbers were fine. It felt like, yeah. Right. It just felt like he was always impactful when he had the ball right. in his hands or, you know, defensively, whatever. It just felt like he was making plays. And Texas got that win despite shooting three for twenty from three. Yeah. So that's crazy too, man. You put up yeah. put up seventy nine points shooting, making three three pointers. That's crazy. Right. How many threes? Did, Kansas made five. Kansas made five threes. Wow. That's. that's uh, I mean, crazy. the big number that sticks out to you is Texas went twenty of twenty three uh, from the free throw line. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, speaking that of going back to Mac, the Griffs finally shot well from uh, the free throw line <laughs> on Sunday. Um, anyway, Texas, yeah, 20, 23 from the free throw line. They needed something like that, um, to be able to grind out this win. Uh, good for them. Good for Chris Beard. Finally had that win they needed. I think that Texas tech loss, um, at Texas tech, that really intense atmosphere that we talked about last week. Um, I think it kind of kicked them in the ass a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and then they, Right after that, they blew out Iowa State on Saturday, and they get this big win against Kansas. And they have Baylor on Saturday, so I think I think this is an important stretch for them. Then they play Texas Tech. Then they play Oklahoma. Then they play Texas Tech again on the nineteenth. So um, important stretch for Texas. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where exactly they end up falling. Um, in the tournament right now, they have them. Let me run through. They have them as a four seed, um, which I think right now is probably fair for them. Probably in the four or five seed range, I think is fair for Texas. Um, but the next week or two, I think, is going to be very telling for them in terms of where they're going to fall. Because they could, they could, I could even see them as like a three seed, but also I could see them as like a six seed. Mm-hmm. They're one of those teams, you know. So, um, another big win for a team was Virginia upset Duke after Duke blew out UNC. Uh, Reese Beekman made the game winner with like a second on the clock. Um, awesome, awesome win for Virginia. They do it at Cameron Indoor. Um, I think it. I think it was Mark Williams that just decided to not play defense <laughs> on the last possession of the game and let Reese Beekman make that three. Uh, Virginia wins the game, sixty-nine to sixty-eight. That probably moves the needle a little bit on Virginia. Probably not quite as much as you think, because um, I'm now intrigued by where Virginia is. If Virginia is here at all, which I don't know if they are. Um. Yeah, I don't see him at all on my, on my quick run through. So maybe Virginia just ain't a tournament team. Simple as that. 
which is crazy to think about. Like Virginia is not going to be in the NCAA tournament. That is weird. Yeah. That is. When was the last time they weren't in the tournament? Uh, let me see. So I'm trying to think because I feel like they've been in fair, unless there's just like one random year that I'm forgetting. Um, the last time Virginia was not in the tournament was two was 2013. Oh, okay. So there you go. So it definitely has been a while. Right. 2013 was the last time Virginia was not in the tournament. They are. This win helps them. I don't know if it really moves the needle too much for them. Probably yeah. less than you think it would, or just the average mm-hmm. casual fan think it would. Um, but anyway, nice win for Virginia. Right after Duke blew out UNC, UNC is not that good. I think. I mean, obviously the jury is still out on Hubert Davis, but I don't know about him. I don't think he's the. I don't think he's the guy there. And we're saying that year one, and you hate to do that because, yeah, it, the jury's still out on him. But UNC has very much had a down year, and that's what we've talked about for the past couple of years now. UNC hasn't been UNC in the past handful of years, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just another example of that happening. If I'm going to pull up uh, UNC's page here, so if I can look up. I'll just say I'll look up Roy Williams because uh, I'll just run through his seasons. It's, I mean, it's been a while since Virginia was that good or like since UNC was that good. I'm sorry, because they were they were an eight seed last year or they were a nine seed. They played in an eight nine game. I forget whether they were an eight or a nine seed. They were an eight seed. And that was the first time that Roy Williams lost in the round of 64 in, uh, in his entire career. And it ended up being his last one. And then if you remember the 2019-20 season, UNC was terrible. And they weren't going to make – they were never going to make the tournament. So, really, the last time UNC has been UNC was three seasons ago, which yeah. is crazy to think about. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. Yeah. So – not the, not the best looks in the world for UNC right now, uh, but it is what it is. One more thing, uh, Arizona State gets a weird win over UCLA. One of the mm-hmm. weirder upsets. It, it, and it was like one of those games that was like in the middle of the night. So like, yeah. did anybody actually see it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. If nobody saw it, did it happen? True. Um, that is a good question. Yeah. It was so, Pac-12 after the- – like way after dark. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a ten o'clock start over here on the over here on the East Coast. Um, yeah, I think it was just I didn't watch this game just because it was real late at night. Um, yeah, Arizona State. I think just it seems like outplayed them. That was a game that it went to triple overtime, so it was probably just one of those things. UCLA ran out of gas. Arizona State was probably pretty low on gas as well, but they just. Right, and that's that's kind of one of those, like, the home crowd kicks in, get some more juice. And And once you get to, like, the second, third overtime of the game, it's a total crapshoot. Yeah, that's the truth. Right. So, um, yeah, nice win for Arizona State. There's good wins overall for some teams, some weird losses for some teams. Um, Unless you have anything else, we can get to – our favorite segment. Yes. I'm I'm good. So I'm gonna right. I'm gonna start rolling here. I had a I had a lot this week. Yeah. No, that is true. I mean a yeah. lot a lot did happen. We're a lot happened a, in the past week. We're getting into the we're kind of out of nothing is happening season and we're into stuff is starting to happen season. Yes. So that is very exciting for sure. And we have um, brackets to talk about. We are less than three weeks out from conference tournaments. Did you know that? Dang. From the start that's of conference, true. we are less. That's than true. Out. February is such a short yeah. month. That's so weird. February is. We're almost. We're getting close to being halfway through February. I know, man. That's so yeah. crazy. All right, I got it. All, right. All right. Hold on. Let me. Uh, let me find my team here. Click. All right, I got my team. Who's yours? All right. I got the Dartmouth Big Green. All right. Okay. Pretty bad year for Dartmouth. 
Not going to lie to you. They are currently second from the bottom in the Ivy League, two and six in the league play, five and 14 overall. Um, Brendan Berry is leading them with 15.3 points a game. Um, they beat Georgetown, believe it or not. Not to say that that's a very surprising that thing. Me. But yeah, <laughs> I feel like everybody's beaten Georgetown this year. Yeah. But um, beat Georgetown, lost to Quinnipiac. Um, little match tie in there, but yeah, not not the best year for Dartmouth, unfortunately. But um, yeah, shout out Brennan Barry and shout out to Georgetown being really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I just need to see something about my team because I feel <laughs> like I, I I had heard something about this, but it might not be a hundred percent correct. No, it's not. Or was it someone else? Um, yes. Okay. I got it now. So I have Fordham, a.k.a. the best program in New York City. Absolutely. Um, the Rams are 10 and 12 uh, on the year. They're 3 and 7 in conference play. So not the best year for them. They have currently lost seven of their past eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dating back to that, that they lost, they lost a Bonaventure. They were here yesterday. They played Bonaventure yesterday at Bonaventure. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. High score is Darius Quisenberry. He averages 17.3 a game. Uh, their second leading score, uh, Antonio Day, die. Um, he withdrew from the program a few weeks ago. And that was, I was trying to remember because I knew one of their, I had heard one of their best players. Uh, had transferred from out of the program. I forgot who exactly it was. It was Antonio Day Jr., um, who was averaging 16 points a game for them. Uh, he left the program after 14 games, after 14 total games. Um, so I think I, I, Kyle Neptune was one of my favorite hires of uh, the offseason. I think he's going to do good things there, but got to give him some time. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that's a rundown on Fordham. <laughs> yes they lost this, to manhattan this, hey damn back battle, way uh, back in november new york city battle there there you go all right well that all concludes right. the greatest podcast segment yes. in the country yes and that will be it for this week's episode of the talking smack podcast my name is aiden jolly alongside adam gorski good night <laughs>